Thanks for listening to KGNU. My name is Patrick Mendoza, and I'm joined with my co-host Walter Elias here in the Denver studio. And we have been graced with two members of Los Mochachetes, a band based here in Denver. So let's just go ahead and get started with introductions. My name is Jose Hoser Guerrero. I am vocalist and percussionist for Los Mochachetes. My name is Elias Garcia. I am a guitarist and vocalist for Los Mocochetes. All right, and there's a few members of the band who weren't able to make it tonight. I mean, we only have so much space here. So if you guys could do us the pleasure of introducing them on their behalf. For sure. Um, uh, we have Joshua Randy Abeda, uh, and he plays trumpet and guitar, and sometimes even hops on the bass, man, a man of multi-talents. We have John Rubio, who is our drummer. And we also have Eli Bass Montoya, um, who is filling in on bass, but also our conga player. Well, we'll get started with the beginning. When did you guys form as a band? We formed about four years ago, and we started off as a trio between myself, Elias, Joshua, Randy Abeda, and Diego Flores, who is at the moment taking a little bit of a leave, but we started off as a trio, then gained the work of Stephen Marshall on drum set, evolved into four. Shortly after that, Hoser Guerrero joined us, and then John Rubio and Eli also ended up rocking with us throughout the last couple of years. How did you guys actually come together as a band? A lot of us work in the in the nonprofit world, and uh, we we met through some of these organizations like uh, Art from Ashes and uh, Youth on Record. And so um, I believe that when it was initially in this formation, all these guys were working for Youth on Record, and they they all kind of just started jamming together, and that's uh, that's kind of what brought them together. And then these folks took a trip, and I'll I'll let Elias tell this part because this is actually how we got our name as well. Well, um, we ended up actually like getting a chance to go down to New Mexico, and at that time, Josh, myself, and Diego were just jamming out, and Joshua had a show lined up in Las Vegas, so he was like, you know what, I'll just go and play that, and I'll join you guys for this trip, and Diego and I were going down to work on the ditches on my family's land. On the way down there, we stopped at a Walmart, and uh, we needed a place to pick up a soccer ball, a machete, and some underwear. Essentials. <laughs> so uh, when we were in that journey, Diego was like, man, you guys are some mocochetes. Mocosos, <laughs> right? What are you going to do with that machete, mocoso? Yeah. <laughs> so what's like a, a, a translation for those of us who have like zero <laughs> Spanish language capabilities here? Yeah, um, the word mocochete is, is made up, right? It's a compound word taken from mocoso, which is... Uh, Kind of like a booger kid or a snotty-nosed brat, right? Like one of those little baby kids is what I like to call them. Kids are just kind of roaming the streets, right? And they're just kind of uh, traviesos, right? They're, they have this little uh, spirit in them that always kind of adventurous and curious and ca- causing a little bit of trouble. And then the machete, which is, a, uh, you know, we, we consider it a tool, right? But some people consider it a weapon. And so when you think about that, Imagine watching or, or, or seeing a kid, a little mocoso, walking down the street, right? And then you see him with the machete, right? And in our culture, in the way that we live in this country, right, you would probably call the police on that kid, right? You would probably, in fact, you might, if a police officer saw him, he, he, he might even shoot him, to be honest with you. And the reality is that, that without even considering that he, it might be a tool, 
Right. And my, he might be going down to cut some weeds or helping, you know, a little abuela or grandmother down the street, right? And so that's kind of the metaphor behind the name, right? Is for some reason, society always kind of criminalizes us and, and things, all of these things. But we actually chose to use those things, our weapons, uh, as tools and to, to help build the community instead of tearing the community down, right? And, and, and that's kind of the whole metaphor behind the name in the, in the short explanation. So how soon after you guys formed did you start to kind of show up, practice, and kind of play out for the Denver scene? Well, I mean, it kind of started right away. It really just evolved from being us being involved in communities and people hearing that, oh, these guys are all jamming together and everybody heard our names as individuals. But then when we came together as a group, it was kind of like everybody was hitting us up from all different angles. And a lot of people wanted us to have a place to be able to play some music. And then after that, they started hearing our message. And that was the kind of thing that a lot of communities were down to get behind and willing to be like, all right, we'll have you back this year, the next year after that. It's kind of like uh, the, the Transformer concept or like the whole uh, Power Ranger concept, right? Like five badass individuals kind of like in their own way, right? Like I, before I joined the band, I was uh, acting and, 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 and doing spoken word. Joshua was playing music. He was playing music as well. Diego was doing both. Uh, everybody was doing their own thing and being recognized as an individual. So when we all united, it was like that Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, you know what I mean? Like we all a big old robot fighting against Godzilla kind of thing. In, in this case, Donald Trump is Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of naturally found your way into the community that existed here. Um, and as you've been continuing to play out and everything, where have you found your niche in that community? Where do you find the people that are, you know, that, that you relate to the most? Dude, I think because we're so, I guess, like universal in a way and because we're combining so many different sounds, everyone brings us in. Small festivals, big festivals, right? Latin festivals, um, hip hop festivals, multi genre festivals, right? And we try to explore all those sounds and all those different, you know, platforms. And so I think because of that, we've been really blessed in that. And uh, I, I mean, I guess if you if you had to narrow it down, in, in the activist community, right? And almost every show that we play, we it does have some sort of political drive to it or, or theme behind most of the shows that we do. But Hozier, I think it's actually deeper than that in, in some ways because it's not just on the sonic level. And I, I know that you guys find yourself at eclectic festivals, but you also find yourself playing eclectic venues that are often all ages and really provide for a wide range of folks, not just Walt and I who are avid concert goers, but people who are actually out involved in the community. And as you just touched on, no matter what stage it is, you maintain the message that's in the music. And that, that does speak true to the fact that like a lot of our starting grounds were youth on record, uh, places like Su Teatro, KGNU was one of the first places to actually broadcast us on the radio as well as the TV. And I like those were early on for us as a band. A lot of our songs have been written over time, but 
through every single stage that we touch, being able to play places like the High Dive or Ophelia's here in Denver also gives us access to places like the Colorado College and gives us routes to be able to communicate with all forms of people. Places like Sutratro, where families are welcome always, are some of the biggest places where we find ourselves most comfortable and most free to be able to speak our voice and be able to be there to kind of, in a way, write music that our community is actually saying, rather than just us as individuals. And I think a big part of that, too, is that uh, a lot of us have background in education. So a lot of us are actually teaching and working with young people. And so even though our music is still pretty political and radical in its own way, and even like foul mouth and spit points, we understand kind of like how to still balance that so that kids and their parents can relate to that, right? When their kid goes home and says, my teacher uh, has a song on, on Spotify or iTunes in this video. Check it out, Mom. We want them to be able to, t- to like it as well and not just, you know, multi-generational across boards. And I think we, we make that a, a, a conscious decision when we write our music as well. Well, we are certainly speedballing through a bunch of the bullet points that we have presented for this interview. So let's uh, take a break and hear some music. You guys are actually going to play a, song, a couple songs for us here in the Denver studio. Let's go ahead and start, set up the first one. What did you guys want to start off with this evening? I think an awesome song to start it off would be Cuarenta y Tres. And that's a song about the missing students from Ayosinapa, Mexico. And it's uh, written in the form of a cumbia. A crear revolucionario Ayosinapa de Guerrero Lugar donde comienza el pedo Educación para el pueblo entero Comienza con un buen maestro Los de la normal preparaban Para la demostración de bala Tomaron una ruta prestada La policía quedó alterada Nosotros no traemos armas, por favor no nos disparen. Nosotros no traemos armas, por favor no nos disparen. Venimos a dar respeto a los fallecidos de Tlatelolco. Llegamos 100 estudiantes y ahora nos faltan 43. Misterio. Algunos dicen que fue el gobierno La verdad la sabe el viento Y pagarán en el infierno Pero mi pueblo no está ciego Y solo han encendido el fuego Que quema adentro, muy adentro Revolución en nuestros pechos Pero no hay que olvidar los hechos Porque hay 43 desechos Hay que juntar el pueblo entero Y luchar por nuestros derechos Nuestros derechos 
traemos armas, por favor, no nos disparen. Nosotros no traemos armas, por favor, no nos disparen. Venimos a dar respeto a los fallecidos de Tlatelolco. Llegamos 100 estudiantes y ahora nos faltan 43. Ellos hey, la puta policía nos tiene que respetar. Ya llevamos un ritmo con su maltratar. Mi gente presente vamos a explotar. Mi gente presente vamos a rezar. Y los mocochetes al frente, como siempre, cantar nunca fue suficiente. Porque hay que ayudar a la gente. Rompe, libera tu mente. Más fuerte, cosa hasta que un día verás que se sienten los 43 estudiantes presentes, presente, los 43 estudiantes presente, 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 los 43 estudiantes presente, ay, ay, queremos sobrevivir, ay, ay, dejaros sobrevivir, ay, ay, queremos sobrevivir. armas, por favor, no nos disparen. Nosotros no traemos armas, por favor, no nos disparen. Venimos a dar respeto a los fallecidos de Tlatelolco. Llegamos 100 estudiantes y ahora nos faltan 43. All right, thanks a lot for staying awake to listen to us here on KGNU. We are here with Los Mocochetes. My name is Walter Elias, and I am joined, as always by Patrick Mendoza in the studio here. We just heard a song from you guys, and that you know, naturally leads into the question, how does the songwriting process occur for you guys? Uh, is it kind of an individual thing where somebody brings something in, or does it happen more collaboratively? Why don't you guys explain how that works for you? I think we have a unique kind of style of creation, but the way that it mostly works is oftentimes one of us will write a song and then seek for help from another band member. The songs that you heard tonight, I went home and kind of just tied myself in the room and then uh, I'm not I'm not actually I mean, I don't play instruments other than the percussions, right? And so um anything when it comes to the actual music, I I I can't do it. And so I rely heavily on Elias and the rest of the bandmates to kind of bring that idea alive right and and similarly with these guys uh, uh, the process of our, our creation i think we have one song that we actually wrote together and the rest of the songs we kind of just create in our own and all kind of issues that we all agree on but that you know maybe one of us might be more inspired by this or, or by that and so you know we we kind of hone in on that uh, but yeah it's it's really in, in a way it's really collaborative because I might have written the lyrics and, and came up with some of the, the, the basic concepts of the rhythm I could never have brought it to life without my brothers right and it goes back to that community concept and that's that's the reason why we share the mic right why there's not ever really one person who always sings right? we try to share that because all of our ideas are, are worthy and all of our um, songs are, are, are just as, you know, as good in our opinion. So I think that's a, a big part of, of the song and, and, and the way that we function as a band. Do you find yourself, as you guys individually, do you find yourselves making time to sit down and write? Or do you just 
come up with it on the fly through life experiences and everyday life? I think it mostly does come through every single day life. And I feel like, you know, as as we progress as a band, because, I mean, we're fairly new being coming up on the cusp of being like four and a half to five years old. The songwriting process has taken so many different forms. And as we mesh together, the more we write together as well, because some of these songs that we play have been written six, seven, ten years ago sometimes. And these are just ideas that are in our head. And I feel like that's the problem with a lot of artists is like, you know, like you have these ideas that are stuck in your head, but they just don't all the way come out. They don't fully blossom without some more types of nutrients that reach the soil. And I feel like everyday life experience is how people are actually able to connect to that and that's what I feel like goes to our multi-genre kind of aspect of our band is we can't really be pinned down because every single song kind of goes towards a different style of music like there's a way that you can communicate an idea through a ranchera rather than a cumbia or a merengue or a punk style song or a rock and roll style song. The ideas that come from each of those genres are truly what inspires each and every one of the lyrics that come through. And those things are constantly changing throughout every show and every practice. Every single time that we sit down together, they kind of change a little bit. So what you hear on a recording will never be the same. So we understand how the songs come together then. We understand how everybody contributes their own parts to it. So why don't we hear another song right now, uh, if you guys would mind standing up, playing another tune for us. Uh, if you had to pick one, which one would it be? The next song that we are going to play for you all is called Tacos. And this song is dedicated to my grandmother, uh, Paula Conteras Chavez, who recently passed away and who inspired this song. Come, come, 
stop the music, stop the music. Yo, while we're in this beautiful studio, in this amazing, amazing, amazing radio station, the reality is that there are children who are being locked in cages at this moment as we speak. Those children have done nothing wrong but follow the advice of their parents. They've risked their lives and came here for a better life. And the fact is that our government and our country have turned our backs on those families. And we've, in fact, taken action to separate those families. And as Los Mocochetes, we will not stand around and allow this to happen. We will fight until those families are united because family is first. La familia es primero. Échale, compadre! joining us here on KGNU. I'm joined in the Denver studio with my co-host Walter Elias and a couple of the members of Los Mocachetes, a Denver-based band. So, fellas, we talked uh, just before the break about your message in music, and I'll just go ahead and ask the chicken-egg question. What came first? Did you start making music to form a message, or did you start to realize that with music you have a platform for this message. I think, well, I first learned about the band through a uh, Westward uh, article, right? Um, one of my buddies, uh, his name is Theo Wilson, a poet, he goes by Luciferi. They asked him, 
you know, what are some some artists who we should look out for, right? And um, I was like, oh, I know all of those guys, right? And so that's why that's when I decided that I was gonna like I was gonna join this band, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be a part of this. But I went to go check him out before I joined the band, and the political part was what drew me in and got and sold me a hundred percent. So I, I think that naturally all of us kind of have that political drive behind us already because of the way that we were raised, because of the communities that we grew up into, and the Chicano movement being such a strong, strong thing here in Denver, right? We have that drive, and we still have kind of that activist spirit inside of us when we was born, you know? That's how we was raised. And so when when we all were formed, when we were all together, it, it became natural, right? In fact, I think everything we write is in, 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 in a way political and we all understand that this is a platform we've often asked previous artists about their musical upbringing but in this sense with your political message did you guys grow up in like a political politically conscious household I think that really stems from every single one of us having to endure what it is like growing up in DPS as well as having to experience the different kinds of social interactions that happen with everyday life and um, being around people of color, really. I feel like, uh, you know, being at places that were um, charged with the open voices of people is what really brought that through. Like, you know, being a part of the Azteca dance community here in Denver and like, you know, being able to actually like just be present for a lot of the a lot of the movements that have happened, especially in the Chicano movement that happened here in Denver, we we're kind of invited into what is and has been something that was always revolutionary. And I feel like speaking truth in a lot of ways is going to be one of those things that as musicians, as people, is important for all of us to talk about. And when it comes to our households, I know that a lot of my family, like a lot of our families, were very much involved with the Chicano movement here in Denver, Colorado, that started with Dolores Huerta, Corky Gonzalez, and has transcended into so many different things, as well as learning about the different political movements that happen all the way through South America and Africa. It's all the same people, and those communities don't go away. Sometimes they're not as loud, but they're always going to be present. I had a slight different uh, experience in that sense. Um, my parents oftentimes were pr prosecuted, right? and, and because of that, we weren't able to express ourselves politically as freely as somebody who felt comfortable with their uh, immigration status, right, and things like that. They didn't have the opportunity to vote, right? They didn't have the opportunity to really voice their their opinions or, or, or speak politically out loud because they were living in fear. And so for me, I learned this through the arts, uh, working with Su Teatro, right? With, uh, every show that they do has some sort of political theme underlying everything. Uh, and I think because of that, I was exposed to musicians who were utilizing their music to be, you know, to, to speak politically and to, 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 to express their minds. Uh, and I also started realizing that a lot of my people were living in fear, and especially now, in this administration, in this current time, folks are living in fear, like, 
to a different degree, right? And in different points of our history, where you know folks are hiding, right? folks are taking uh, uh, asylum in churches, right? They're living in churches like. Janet Vizguerra, who is a good friend of ours, who we actually wrote a song about. There's there's so many different folks who are living in this fear, and and my parents are currently, even though they now have their their documents, they're currently still trying to figure out if they're if they should go back to Mexico or not, because they fear that somehow our president is going to erase everything and they're going to be deported and they're going to lose their lives. And so, for a lot of us. The, Finding this political voice is very, it's a courageous act. I remember the first time we, we just, we just did a TED talk and we, we got to speak out against this administration. You were down at Belco Theater and that's what that was for? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, I had seen those pictures and I was blown away by it. Uh, continue. What, what did you, what was the point? What was that TED talk about? We were invited as a musical guest, right? And I think that. <laughs> they they might have not necessarily uh, looked up the lyrics, to which has happened before. Knew what they <laughs> knew, who they booked. Yeah, and so I and, and and they didn't care. They didn't mind. I don't think they even they even know that we made a political statement in in our song. I mean, this is one of the biggest platforms in the entire world, and we went down and we said, "Down with Donald Trump!" Right, and everyone cheered, and every, they, we got a standing ovation in front of ten thousand people, a sold-out show, and it was, you know, it was one of the most incredible things that we've ever done, and you know, and so we realized that we have to speak up for some of these people who are afraid to say these things, who are afraid to to vocalize their political opinions, and who sometimes can't. And also, the I feel like here in Denver, there's a very welcoming community for folks who have these who are dealing with these issues every single day but there's a lot of places across this country that don't have the same community helping them so as far as that's concerned as well like it's not just uh based on the legislation and the administration but also socially you know there's a lot of people who just are not with it you know so that's i think also a a good thing about the message that you guys bring to the table and i feel like that's one of the beautiful things about denver honestly uh, a lot of times, like when you look at the demographics of a lot of cities and stuff like that, you have a lot of people with a lot of different backgrounds. But when it comes to that social change, I think that's happening throughout the entire country. But sometimes it's not as prevalent. I feel like Denver being as uh, youth-based, as in like people through the ages of 16 to about 40, you have a lot of people who are receiving massive amounts of information that have to do with like you know all of the things that have happened with Native American rights, all the things that have happened with Chicano rights, all of the things that are happening with like different platforms, like that people are being brought to the table, like Alejandra Ocasio Cortez is bringing to the table. She is directly speaking and actually like doing moves in this in in politics to see some sort of a drastic change and here in Denver we do have a welcoming platform but a lot of times you know here in Denver we have like a we have a city where a lot of those people are also some of our older folks and a lot of our elders who influence what we're going through and a lot of times when you guys play live, at least from what I've seen, it feels like that message that you, you bring forth turns the protest into a party and brings like a positivity to a topic that could be very negative and negatively affects the lives of people that it affects. So if we could talk about the what you, your live experience and the way the message that you bring in the live experience, how does that translate for you? 
because I come I come from a, a theater background, um, and because I was influenced heavily by uh, su teatro and, and especially uh, Tony Garcia and the way that he writes, he's very satirical, right? He, uh, <laughs> well, I learned from him that anything is it could be way more digestible when you use humor or comedy. Uh, and I think that oftentimes we we like to use that as a tool when we when we write our songs, right? Like tacos is a perfect example of that, right? You think this song is is about tacos and, and a recipe and and kind of like a silly song about. But what is it about for those of us who don't speak Spanish? Yeah, and what the song is truly about is kind of holding a mirror up to American society and saying, "You love our food, but you don't love our people, right? And you accept our." culture sometimes right and in fact uh capitalist america often exploits our culture to capitalize but you don't want us to you know to to eat from those riches or or succeed from those things right um and i think that's what that song is truly about and most folks don't even realize that that's what the song is about most folks just think it's a song about their favorite taco (laughs) All right, so with that, we're gonna we got time for one more, uh, you know, acoustic exclusive song for you guys to play for us right here. So, what do you guys want to play for us right now, and uh, what's it about? This next track that we have for y'all is a, a, a special treat, a sneak peek. It's a song that we, as a band, um, are still currently working on and and kind of fleshing out. Um, but it's a concept that we wrote uh, about a year ago, and it's called Huaraches, which is a a beautiful type of shoe native to Mexico. Warache, 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 warache. I'm a boss in my waraches. Booster style a couple notches. Got the different color option. Mama smacking down the nothing. Boy, you know I'm rocking them sockless. Ain't no one else that can rock this. Rub my culture in my outfit. Ain't nobody that can stop it. Time after time, all my people's designs and my culture, you try to erase them. Time after time, all my people survive every time that you try to enslave us. What you thought we forgot and forgave them? Just pretend that the white people saved us. Just neglect that they tried to rename us. Exterminate us after they raped us. So I'ma wear these shoes as a reminder that my people's spirit always rolling with me. I'ma rub it in their face and show them we the ones that their bullets can never defeat. Wounded our knees, but we're still on our feet. Broken drum, but we're still on the beat. Try to compete, you can never defeat it. The kitchen can handle the heat, yeah. Everybody wanna know. So they ask me, what are those? What I did, what I just, what I did, what I did, what I did. People ask me where I go. Got them straight from Mexico. What I did, what I just, what I did, what I did, what I did. Feeling clean, looking like I asked the king. Got the turquoise on the ring, rock the kicks without the strings. 
Life ain't always what it seems. I'm just living out my dream. Always faithful to my team. We just picking up some steam. I'ma pick it up and run it like the Tauramaras. You can call me Speedy Gonzalez. Always represent my raza, flipping though like my feet, my people's spirit and knowledge. Addiction, get my people some dollars. A prison, get my people to college. On a mission, get my people empowered. The vision is ours, it's time we devour. Always imitated, never duplicated. My abuela made them just for my feet. College educated, look sophisticated, always roaming when I'm roaming the streets. Folks intimidated, people always hated. Mac is my kicks always on fleek. Fix your tone when you're talking to me, guacaraches. But I still run the streets. You better think twice and cocking to me. Yo, this ain't Halloween. You better think twice and copy my style. Because this ain't Halloween. You can't stop the swag. I was born to smooth the die with me yo you can't walk this way you can never defeat that i done been through yo you can't wear my skin you can't wear my skin you can't wear my skin warache 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 you folks are still listening to KGNU Boulder, Denver, and Fort Collins. My name is Walter Elias, and I am hanging out here with Patrick Mendoza in the Denver studio. And it is our honor to be joined by two members of Los Mochachetes. We've got Hoser, we've got Elias. <laughs> we got Elias hanging out here. So we've been talking about the message in your music and uh, your presence here in Denver. Have you guys traveled outside? You mentioned that you went to New Mexico and played before. Is that the extent of your touring and what has happened so far? No, we actually got uh, opportunities to tour a little bit in Wyoming. Um, these guys actually went all the way uh, as far south as uh, Acapulco, right? Acapulco, the um, So they hit a bunch of stops on the way. And uh, we, have, we have current plans on touring L.A. and f- f- a big tour from here to L.A. and then back, right, like a whole triangle tour in March. When you guys go on these tours, when you've traveled outside of Denver where people know you and are familiar and a lot of times welcoming to your message, how has the message been received in other cities that you've been to? Especially Wyoming. Yeah, that's, yes, cowboy country. I'm gonna I'm gonna just start off with Albuquerque because that was something cool. <laughs> okay, no, that's cool. Start with that. Okay, five oh five. Five oh five. Sister City. Vodka uh, was so fun. Uh, we played that song that we played earlier, Tacos, and that was an incredible experience because we had our first mosh pit. To a ranchera. <laughs> That's no awesome. joke. No joke. Everybody was so hype. Uh, the place that we played at was 508 Studios, which is uh, basically like the youth on record, but with skateboarding, poetry, and music all combined into one space for youth advocacy as well as uh, youth empowerment to give them a place to feel comfortable, feel at home. And, um, it's it's something special when we go visit New Mexico because there's a lot of people that are experiencing the same things that we are, as well as like you know kind of like you know learning different ways to empower ourselves through things like social justice, music, art, and that happens throughout the whole state. I I, I personally love New Mexico, but when it comes to places like Wyoming, it's so interesting. It really is interesting to be there. But I will say that we have played in Cheyenne a number of times. One time, Hoser actually. 
actually flew in from Scotland and drove all the way to Cheyenne, Wyoming that day to join us for the show out there. And usually we are really well received. There's a lot of people out there that just get down with it because I feel like social change is not something about the color of people's skin. It's about the frustrations that we all feel. And when you're getting into places like Wyoming... Man, there's people that are still struggling too. Farmers are also struggling. There's a huge thing that's happening within all the different agricultural communities that are all seeing different sides of why it's so difficult to live under a regime that is suppressive and takes away from the man that is working right alongside us and giving it to the man who is uh, making, you know, 30 billion profit. Well, this is essentially a two-part question then. Was there ever an instance where somebody didn't receive it the way most people have in one instance? And also, has there been an instance where you tried to get the crowd to chant F-Ice and it just died? Because I've my, chanted F-Ice with y'all. My favorite one, my favorite one was two years ago at Larimer Lounge. We were playing for Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> So in tacos, you'll hear that there's a break. And at that break, we say, we give a little speech. Hoser goes and talks about what we're all thinking. And it's basically like, you want our culture. You want you want all of these things that are a part of our culture. But you don't want our people at the end of the day. And when we were playing that song two years ago, he was like, if you're one of those people out there that is wearing a sombrero and a sarape and going around being like, hey, happy Cinco de Mayo. Then you're gonna, you can you can go ahead and leave. Uh, we use different words for that. We could, we you could, you could escort yourself out, and everybody started chanting, and about five people left. <laughs> yeah. And the audience proceeded to go. The pro- audience was fuera, fuera, fuera. You guys chanted, chanted them out. Yeah. Well, the audience was like clapping them out, like, "Oh, thank you for escorting yourself. We didn't have to." <laughs> And and no, no one has ever not shouted F ice with this. <laughs> Every single time we've ever, ever, ever tried to do that with the audience. Every single time they've oh, they've always chanted with this, which is I think speaks volumes to the disagreement and like the the disapproval that the American people have against this, this cruel entity of our government. <laughs> Firstly, I tip my cap to you for everything I just heard right there. But at this point, y'all are working on a recording. And uh, why don't you tell us about where that is in the process and where it's taking place and uh, what we can expect from y'all in, uh, I guess, just a few short months, presumably, right? Yes, um, we've been working on this album for quite a while. Um, I think (laughs) over two years, we work with different people. We dislike the work. We trash the work. Like, literally, we've spent a lot of money and hours on... And we, we were like, no, we're not going to release work that we don't feel represents correctly. So, finally, we got approached by two of our friends, uh, Greg and, and Thad, um, who had some, some backing and support from Denver Arts and Venues. We got approached, and, and they were like, finish your freaking album you see what i did i didn't cuss i finished the album and they were like basically they they came in and and finished up the portion of funds that we needed like they they combined and and to record 
the actual album. So they hired Sean King, the drummer of Devachka, to be the producer of the album and to kind of be the director, right? And to kind of mangle all of us and kind of get this recording out. So he decided that we were going to go to Tucson, Arizona, where we only knew a couple of people, right? And we couldn't rage out and party and get distracted from, from the actual process. We zoned in for a whole week. We lived in that studio, right? And we worked from, from nine to nine every single day. I, and we got it. We got we got it, we got the album recorded. And so right now we're currently in the process of mixing and mastering, and we expect the album to be out sometime in March. Well, we're actually going to get into a single from the album, which has an accompaniment of a music video, which uh, celebrates a kind of poignant moment in Denver's history. So for all of our listeners, and even myself included, who's not familiar with the situation, what was the inspiration behind the music video of Viva La Revolution? I wrote this song inspired by being a part of hundreds of protests throughout my whole life, right? Uh, from the Columbus Day protests to um, the, the May March and walkouts, right? We grew up watching the movie Walkout which is based on the West High walkouts. And um, I knew about the story since I was young, right? And so Su Teatro actually did a play about the walkouts. And um, as a collaboration with Su Teatro, right, and, and the play, I directed the music video, right? And so that was kind of the theme that we took behind it, right? And it's that this, this revolutionary spirit and, and and drive within all of us it's been here for a long time right and and Corky Gonzalez and the crusade brought this a long time ago right as, as, as well with all Mecha and 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 all these different uh Chicano or, or organizations like the Black Panthers as well right because they were all present that day when these students decided to walk out of West High School. When was this? Um, this was in 1969. Um, and in that time, as you can imagine, political climate and racism was kind of tense, right? And a teacher was actually, he actually used derogatory language and, and called students beaners and, and used different kind of words and said, you know, said that Mexican people were inferior and just insulted Mexican students constantly throughout the year and throughout, you know, I, I can imagine for a long part of his career. And finally, because of all these political leaders, these students were like, you know what? The Black Panthers told us that we could not, that we shouldn't take this, right? The Brown Berets said we shouldn't take this. The Crusade for Justice and Corky Gonzalez said we shouldn't take this and we should stand up against this stuff. And that's exactly what happened. And all those students decided that they were going to walk out. And that became a national, like, tool, right? Like, you think about activism today and one of the most effective I guess, like, current events or current, like, uh, uh, times where, where we stood up as a society against things. You think about this this youth protest uh, against gun violence, right? That's where it started. That's where a lot of these young people got their inspiration, in fact. This is one of the first one. I mean, I'm, I'm sure 
some sort of scholar can, can or even just some person who has knowledge. But locally, locally, and we're here in Denver, and this we're talking about West High School, and and it was covered by PBS, so it did get huge national coverage and then once they covered it you know abc picked it up cba everybody everybody talked about these walkouts and so this this was huge and the chicano movement really started after this they were all inspired by these walkouts to go and do the chicano liberation uh i guess it was like a conference right it was a huge conference in la where all these young people all these chicano people gathered from all parts of the world to talk about what the term the, to create the term Chicano to talk about Aslan to create the Chicano movement and to talk about the things they were fighting against and the things that that, that they were enduring right and so this was a pivotal moment and not just local history in national history and the way it would shape activism and what it looks like today especially with young people.
Yo soy humano, no soy moado, yo soy tu hermano. No soy moado, yo soy humano, no soy moado, yo soy tu hermano. Que viva revolución, que viva revolución, que viva toda mi gente y que viva nuestra canción. Que viva revolución, que viva revolución, que viva el homocochete porque toca mi That was K Viva Revolution from Los Mocachetes, who are joining myself, Patrick Mendoza, and my co-host, Walter Elias, here in the KGNU Denver studio. Well, fellas, thank you so much for your time. As we wrap up, how can our listeners find your music online? But more importantly, if they are inspired to this call to action, how can they find ways to help? Our listeners and viewers can find our, most of our stuff on YouTube as well as Facebook at this moment. But we also have a website that is up and running, losmocochetes.com. And how can we help? There are many, many, many ways that you can help. And I think that it's even more overwhelming to, like, to say all these things. I'm like, ah, which ones, which things do I shout out kind of thing. But most importantly, I think one pay attention to what's happening in your own community, right? And pay attention to local politics. Um, I think that another place if you want to get some information as far as like helping with immigrant rights, um, I think Colorado Immigrant Coalition, uh, and there's also, uh, I mean, I think to be honest, I think the, the Unitarian Church, the Denver Unitarian Church does a lot of work, they have a lot of resources, and they, they'll uh, plug you in many different ways. Thank you so much, guys. This was amazing. Fellas, it's been an extreme honor to not only share your music, but provide a platform to spread your message. Hozier, Elias, thank you so much for joining us here on KGNU. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. Appreciate y'all.